0: Hey, this is Lee. I really hope you've been enjoying the Business of Marketing podcast. It's from marketers and for marketers, and my intention is to bring you value, experiences, and insights that you can use. Also, if your company would like to have their own podcast, I would love to help. The team at Content Monster specializes in B2B podcasts, so if we can help, contact me at contentmonster.com. That's contentmonster, M-O-N-S-T-A, dot com. Enjoy the podcast. Listening
1: to
2: the Business of Marketing Podcast, where we have conversations with some of the most influential and thought-provoking minds in marketing, sales, and business. And here's your host, A. Lee Judge.
0: Welcome again to the Business of Marketing Podcast. I'm A. Lee Judge. You know, ever since the first businesses decided that there would be a team focused on sales and another team focused on marketing, there's been this struggle to understand whose contribution mattered the most. And as time moved on, these teams developed silos and virtual walls in between them. With modern technologies and changes in the customer journey, the lines between marketing and sales have become blurred, and organizations, whether they like it or not, have had to adjust to operate in a more modern and cohesive fashion. Today's guest is a B2B marketing consultant, author, and speaker. She specializes in content marketing, account-based marketing, and sales enablement. Most importantly, she works to help marketing better align with sales. And today, we hope to tap into her 20 years of experience, the framework she's developed, and her approaches to tackle the marketing problems that organizations face. I'm happy to welcome to the podcast today, Pam Didner. Hi, Pam.
2: Hey, so happy to be part of your podcast. And thank you for inviting me.
0: Definitely happy to have you. And I know my introduction wasn't, didn't do you justice. So (laughs) is there anything else you want to share about your background?
2: Yeah, just a little bit. Um, I was on the corporate side for 20 years, so I was in the enterprise for about 20 years. And uh, then I decided to write a book, which is a global content marketing, and I used that as a launchpad to start working for myself. And that was seven years ago. And then in the past seven years, I took on a lot of client projects and mostly is on content marketing or sales and marketing alignment. And I also wrote my second and third book. The second book is really about effective sales enablement. It's really about how we can enable sales as a marketer. And the third book, I wrote it just out of my interest of artificial intelligence. And I was looking at how AI impact the overall B2B marketing landscape. So if, interest, if anybody is interested in any of this book, check them out.
0: Definitely. We're going to talk about at least two of those today because I've got one sitting here in front of me, which is what really intrigued me to actually first meet you in the first place. Um, I was at a marketing event and being heavily involved in in sales and marketing and trying to bridge the gap between the two, I decided to join your event. And I'm so glad I did because it was very helpful and I'm glad I was able to meet you.
2: Yeah, so, same here. The respect yeah. is mutual. I'm so happy to meet you. I'm pretty sure we met in Cleveland, right?
0: Yeah, in Cleveland at uh, yeah. Content Marketing World. Yeah.
2: And yeah. I'm pretty sure I will see you again in September. You're going to be yes, there. Yes,
0: yes, I will be there. I'm actually keynoting this year. So looking Yay! forward to that. <laughs> no pressure at all. <laughs> so Pam, you know, we both work with organizations with sales and marketing alignment. So yeah. for our listeners, can you give a, a definition uh, for your definition of what this means?
2: yeah the sales and marketing alignment obviously means a uh, different um i would say teams at a different organization but from my from my perspective in a very broader sense if you will It's really marketing and team are really aligned and work together. I mean, it's like, oh, sales and marketing alignment. Yeah, it's definitely aligned. But have certain kind of a joint initiative or certain common business objective that they can work together to achieve it. And many people will say, oh, yeah, you know what? They share revenue. But that's not enough. I mean, everybody shared the revenue goal within the company. So Mm -hmm. that is not unique or special for sales and marketing organizations. So it has to be a little bit more specific. For example, um, they work together for a specific account, or they work together to um, um, integrate the, the marketing automation and also the CIM, or they work together to, um, to really um, capture or win a, a big, big uh, deal for the company. So when I'm talking about sales and marketing alignment is they have a joint initiative, they have a joint goal that they are sharing and to make that very specific and that they can work together to make things happen.
0: So when you talk about sharing these goals, you know, with, you know, I know you've spoken to many teams and organizations. So from what you've seen, when it comes down to um, working with these, these two teams, Which do you think is more interested between sales team and marketing team? Which which of those two is more interested in being aligned with the other?
2: You know, interesting enough that you ask, and I think that depends on the company's corporate culture and also depending on what they want to achieve. And uh, I have been to uh, working with a manufacturing company. The sales team are not that interested working with the marketing team. Hmm. And uh, there are multiple reasons and the number one can be the salespeople thinks that they can do everything on their own. They don't need marketing support or they've been working with the marketing, but they are not getting the support they need it. Mm. Right. So in general, what I have seen based on my experience, it, it first of all, it depends on the company, depending on the challenges that you encounter. And on top of it, the corporate culture and also management, management have a huge impact on that as well. But in general, I always feel like the marketing team, you should take the initiative to reach out to a salespeople or the sales team and see what they can do to actually help them. And I'm not saying that the marketing team is actually more interested in doing that. It's more or less a lot of stuff that we are doing on the marketing side, they can also be the sales outreach channels. We do email marketing, guess what? The salespeople also do the email marketing when they think it's necessary, right? So it's actually, from my perspective, it's more incentive, more uh, and also um, uh, proactive, if you will. That marketers can reach out to the salespeople and see what they can do to actually help them. So, in, if you, if I ask that question in the black and white type of, you know, a manner, the one that's tend to be more interested to actually work uh, toward the sales and marketing alignment, it's probably more likely to be on the marketing side.
0: The ones who more likely want to align and
2: want to, and a lot of time it has a lot to do with the marketing also need to show the contribution, the solid contribution to sales.
0: So is that to say that, uh, you know, when, when someone in the organization, whether it be someone internal or a consultant like yourself comes in to help a company align that the most likely place for pushback would be somewhere around sales
2: on the sales side. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> on. We don't
0: need your help. Yeah, yeah, for all those reasons you stated, they don't think they need the help, right? So yeah,
2: exactly. So. Wow.
0: Yeah. So, so when I was preparing to speak to you today, I um, turned around and pulled a book off my shelf, your book right oh, here. <laughs>
1: thank you.
0: Yeah, and, and when I pulled the book off the shelf, I noticed there was already a bookmark in it. So for those who watch the video, you'll see I'm holding a book up, and I have this bookmark. And I'm wondering, what was on the page that I marked? Where was I at when I marked that? So. I open the book up and I see that the bookmark was in a section called the blurred lines between sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. And so my question is, you know, from your view, and I'm sure there's been some changes because of the pandemic. So yeah. what did the pandemic do to perhaps blur this line even more?
2: Oh my God. I mean, a lot. And um, let me just talk about a couple of things uh, first in the past, when we do any kind of marketing, all right, we tend to focus on creative, you know, and also the copywriting, and we want to make it fun, and uh, we want to see what we can do to engage with our customers. And the, the information that we share tend to be something that's relevant and useful for our products. Mm-hmm. During the pandemic, the product becomes important, but there's another piece becomes super important. It's internal process. What is some of the internal processes that we have to set up to make our product uh, safer uh, for our customers? Or if you're providing, you know, services like healthcare industries, what what's the internal process they set up for the patient comes to visit uh, the hospital, they feel safe. Mm. In the past, that any kind of internal processes or any kind, the things I'm talking about, step-by-step process, when you walk into the the hospital, what do you, how do you check in? What do you need to do? All that process is invisible to customers. As long as that's an internal process, you set it up, people don't feel it, they feel the sense of experience, whatever, you know, everybody's good. Mm-hmm. Right. But during the pandemic, that kind of process needs to be revealed to the customers. Mm. So that's one big difference that marketer kind of encountered. They was like, oh my God, now i not just need to talk about my products. I also need to talk about some of the processes that we do. But any kind of processes takes time to actually make it happen, especially in the big enterprises. Right. Mm-hmm. So marketers kind of struggle, try to communicate, trying to, you know, make their customer feel calm, but at the same time, trying to get that information out. Okay. So that's one. So that is one thing in terms of what other type of things that the marketers are sharing, in addition to the product and services they offer is internal process, what they need, what they change to accommodate the, um, their customers. That also have a huge impact on the sales side. And uh, during the pandemic, in, in addition to internal processes changes, the, the salespeople cannot go out and visit their customers.
0: That's what I wanted to see. Because I know yeah, that, that was the first thing because they got grounded.
2: They got grounded. And, and
0: anybody they- working in marketing, all of a sudden their phone began ringing.
2: Yeah, exactly. So the salespeople, what I have come to realize, I work with many, many salespeople. They are charmers. They can charm anybody when they, when, you, when you put the customer in front of them. But when you put the customer in front of their screen, they tend mm. to freeze. Mm. <laughs> you know big what I'm difference. saying? So it's a big difference. All of a sudden the salespeople can walk in and they dress very nicely. The only thing that he needs to control, I mean, it's he or she, it's really like he looks good and he has the information, he did research, you are in front of Lee. And he was like, okay, Lee, how are you doing? Shake is like in front of you, right? He can control himself. But in the virtual setting, in a virtual setting, there's a lot of things they cannot control. They cannot control you if you are paying attention to to him or her. They also cannot control like the background, the sound, the video, the Wi-Fi working or not working. So I know I know that in the initial engagement with some of the sales uh, organizations, is everybody was freaking out because first of all, working from home, they don't have the office setting that they can control and they don't have anything from their perspective that they can present themselves in the way they want to be presented. Like you are so savvy in front of camera because you have practice. Mm -hmm. And uh, I happen to have a practice as well. So both of us are like, okay, we're doing okay. Mm -hmm. But for a salespeople that never have any practice, like in front of camera, this is nerve wracking to them. So um, I think pandemic for on the sales side is like how do you do the in person selling to a virtual selling? That is a huge leap, actually, for the the sales organization, that they are right. all struggling how to train the organization, a sales organization or sales people how to do that.
0: So you know, that I would even is- go as far as to say that as marketers. We've been selling from a distance. That's what we do. I mean, it's almost the definition of marketing. We're selling from a distance. And so things didn't necessarily change so much for marketers other than our demand from sales, perhaps.
2: Yes. So, for example, social selling. Right, mm-hmm. so the marketers are, are, are started uh, when social media has becomes popular. The marketers have no choice except to be very familiar with the social media. How to do social media marketing? How to do social media post? But for salespeople, if they continue to focus on referrals, focus on word of mouth, and that they are not doing any kind, they don't have any social media presence. During the pandemic, they need to do social selling.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That mm-hmm. can be hard. So yeah. now, all of a sudden, this marketing, pe- marketing organization have that doesn't mean that they, have, they are, know how to do social selling, but they have social media experience. For example, how to post on LinkedIn, what needs to be said, how to say it. That kind of knowledge can be transferred, if you will, on the sales side, if the sales are open to it.
0: You know, there was a case a few years ago, I was doing some social selling training before it was cool, I guess. And here I was a marketer at a sales kickoff training salespeople. And I brought up on the screen, the, our our lead account and the person who owned that lead account was sitting in front of me. And I said to him, I said, this person here, who's the lead account just responded to my LinkedIn post. We had a conversation on LinkedIn. I have direct access to this person evidently, and she's in tune with what I'm communicating. Have you talked to her this week? Can you get through to her like that? And, you know, he was a little surprised that, you know, someone who wasn't a salesperson could get to the leader of our our head account. Now, yeah. of course, that's a double-edged sword. In some organizations, you don't want anybody talking to your lead account holder. Right. Uh, you know your leader, but at the same time, it showed that sales needed to become savvy in order to communicate edu- and educate their customer without picking up the phone or without being in person. And yeah. so, and that was at least three or four years ago. So, hopefully, some salespeople have you know, learned social selling in the past years, and I would. I would bet that those were less crippled when the pandemic hit than the ones who were dependent on face-to-face.
2: Yeah. You know, actually, to be honest with you, I was talking to uh, several manufacturing companies and uh, a lot of manufacturing companies specifically, uh, they have grown their businesses uh, in the past 20 or 30 years uh, doing stuff in a more traditional way, like the trade shows, you know, events and uh, uh, wine and dine with their uh, customers and the referrals. And they've been growing their business fine. Just fine. What they have come to realize, literally, seriously, in the past two years, especially during pandemic, they kind of realize they need to change. But 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 they don't know how. The digital marketing has advanced so much. And if you are not in the zone or keeping up with the technology, all of a sudden you, are have, you have to absorb the digital marketing side of it, such as you know, SEO, such as pay, uh, pay media, such as social media, all of a sudden becomes overwhelmed to them. And the many of them, you know, they not necessarily understand the technology on a digital marketing landscape. So they kind of just have to listen to what whoever is talking mm-hmm. to them. And then they were like, okay, we'll try that and see if that works. And they will try it. It's not working. They will try this. It's not working. They will try that. It's not working. On top of it, their budget is not big enough. A lot of time, you know, and I know you want to do pay media, you need to have a big budget. Mm-hmm. If or if nothing else at a minimal level, have your website very searchly, uh, uh, the keyword optimized. And it's, I have come to realize they are overwhelmed in terms of digital marketing. Like what they need to do. It seems like there's so many fronts they have to cover. And mm-hmm. I totally understand that. And most of the time I will tell my clients, I say, focus on one thing. Your one thing is get your website. If nothing else, your website is your virtual home, mm-hmm. right? When people do any kind of search, right? And for certain kind of products, it, if it's product that you're selling or buying or uh, selling, hopefully it make your website very button up. So people comes to your website can actually see what you offer and understand what you do. So I always tell them that get your virtual home button up. That's a first. Then we can talk about how do, how do we do marketing outreach? Then we can talk about how we can help our salespeople, but that digital home needs to be um, needs to be pretty solid.
0: You mentioned a couple of things there. So you know, the, the, the move to lots of things had to go virtual this year. Even our, our events were virtual. Yeah, um, we talked about social selling. So, and especially the website. So when it comes to encouraging sales to pivot a bit to more virtual and more digital, do you think it's, um, uh, well, what have you seen in terms of, I think I know what's more effective, but my question is in terms of who, who's helping to push that? Is it, marketing, or does it absolutely have to come from the top to get sales to change? It
2: has to come from the top. Mm-hmm. It has to come from VP of sales.
0: Mm, or higher, right? I guess. Yeah, or higher. It, or CEO. So yes. Their instruction or their actions, right?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Or or their bonus needs to tie
0: <laughs> with
2: whatever they have to do. <laughs> that
0: might actually work.
2: Yeah. So in general, um, what I have come to realize working with sales team, and I love my salespeople uh, dearly. And what I have come to, uh, what I have learned is you need to, you either need to explain very clearly what they're going to get. What's in it for them? yeah, what's, what's in it, you know, for them. You have to explain incredibly clearly, right? And second thing is, it has to be top-down top down driven. Because salespeople like to do things a certain way. And most of the time, their ways have worked. They mm-hmm. have to work very, very well, right? So for them to change their behavior, it has to be something that's something dramatic. Otherwise, it would not change. And the dramatic or that push has to come from either, you know what? They are not meeting their sales goal and they are looking like, okay, I need to do something different. Or it has to be very much top down. Say, you, know, you know what? You have to do it.
0: To make a point in terms of how dramatic it has to be, we just had a pandemic, And there are some (laughs) who may, that may not have been dramatic enough. If it didn't come from top down, even the pandemic may not have pushed some. In fact, you know, we heard this, we're ready to get back to normal. And normal means I can get on a plane and fly to my client. You know, I think that, yes, some of those guys, guys, women will be able to do that. They'll be able to get back to their normal and they'll do their handshaking and traveling. But it won't be the same level as it was before in, in any case.
2: I think so, too. I think, I think... I had a conversation actually with a couple of sales uh, managers about this as well, and uh, they are thinking ahead in terms of, okay, in the next two years, in 2022 and 2023, what do they need to do? What are some of the initiatives they need to take to actually help their salespeople? I mean, the, the traveling is still going to be part of the, 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 the sales engagement. They are not taking that away. Mm-hmm. But what else can they do in terms of the virtual communication to actually help their salespeople? And what I did tell them, I said, we need to educate our salespeople or your sales team in terms of the virtual communication is another norm or another channel. They have to take that into account. Yes, in person, face to face is still very critical to close the deal to build a relationship. That will never be taken away. But in terms of the frequency or the dial, you no, know, dialing up in terms of mm-hmm. virtual communication, the, 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 the when I say virtual communication, the Zoom call, right? They're doing your a uh, demo, uh, virtually, and even just um, using your a uh, phone. To uh, you know, carry uh, have the very quick communication with your, uh, with your uh, prospect. All that virtual communication will continue. It will not stop. In fact, it probably will dial up. So, what can we do to actually train our salespeople be, um, be okay with yeah, okay with that, and also naturally using that? I think that's a challenge that many companies are running into at this time.
0: Yeah, I, I look forward to when it becomes natural. You yeah, know I mean,
2: it takes like, it's kind of like it's it's like it's like exercise.
0: It's muscle memory. It's <laughs> a muscle memory.
2: I 100 percent agree with you. I was using my arm. <laughs> I was like, it's <laughs> muscle memory. You have to do it day in and day out. There's not much to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's change the subject a bit. I want to ask you about we've both done quite a bit of work in content and content marketing.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. Um. So as it applies to this topic of sales and marketing alignment, yes. let's talk about you know how is it that well. What can marketing do to help sales better utilize the content that they're creating?
2: So there are a couple of things. And uh, I made this mistake when I was supporting sales. And I cre- I will go to the sales huddles meeting, uh, weekly sales huddle meeting. And I, I always have a, a standing topic. Either talk to them about campaigns, which is the campaigns that we are doing, the leads that we are gathering, and also um, the content that has been created, they need to be aware of. So there's always like a marketing voice as a part of the sales huddle meeting. So from my perspective, one thing that marketers can do is to actually attend the regular, you know, the, the, the weekly or uh, regular uh, sales mm-hmm. huddle meeting and be mm-hmm. part of it. That's number one, to share the content. The, the another thing I didn't do very well is I tell them the content we are producing, but I didn't put in the context how they should use it. Right, I say, hey, we are going to have this uh, five trends about blah 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 about cybersecurity is coming up, or I have this. I we spend like fifty thousand dollars. Cre- we create this uh 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 first party. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, the original research, and you guys should check it out. But I did not explain very well in terms of how they can use it, and uh, so the usage of the content I share tend to be pretty low because they kind of know it, but they don't know how to use it, or they don't want to think about it how to use it. And then when I put the content, I tend to map the content to a customer journey, right? So we do kind of like awareness and a consideration purchase. We tend to map the content like that on the for the marketers, uh, on, on the marketing front. And everybody understand that. And that was great. But the salespeople, they don't think like that. They think in terms of sales stages. They think mm-hmm. about prospecting. They're thinking about qualifying. They're thinking about Demoing, they're thinking about closing the deal, losing the deals. Though their mind is very linear, even though the sales engagement that they do is not necessarily linear. But they think in a very linear way. So what I did is I take the content, I so I I understand you know like majority of the the content that we have produced, and then I map the content into sales stages. So when i sharing any information with the salespeople from content or marketing content's perspective is I put in the content in the sales stages and the way they understand. That's So, so important. I said, hey, for the white paper, it's very, this white paper is great if you are doing such and such. That's so uh, important. You know, that, and by the way we have a pricing sheet, when you are ready to, um, to, to do a demo, why don't you also send a pricing sheet to them and let them understand? So they know what kind of pricing that, the, you know, the budget that they have to put together. And at the same time, we do a demo. So I put in the sales uh, the sales stages and I constantly updated that information and that I share that with them. And they use that as a cheat sheet, if you will.
0: You know, I've made that a similar matrix like that. And I even divided, I guess, horizontally to, to fit the personas. So, yeah, even though by, you have.
2: By, by product, by persona, even sometimes by languages or by regions. Yes.
0: Right, right. So, you know, oftentimes I see organizations do one or the other. They do either by persona, they say this content yeah. is for yeah. this persona, or they yeah. say this content is for this stage. But same. they don't cross reference the persona with the stage. Yeah. So, persona A at, you know, at, at the awareness stage
2: yeah.
0: isn't the same as persona B at the, you know, the the closing stage. So,
2: I I 100% agree with you. And that you can also map the content you are, right, by personas. You can also map it by products. Mm -hmm. And uh, for sales on the sales side, you can also map it by verticals, right? So, yeah, for healthcare versus manufacturing versus fintech, they might have, they might. There are some horizontal content that they, they that that's commonly applied to all of them, but there are also some vertical specific type of content that apply to different industries. But I hear you loud and clear. You're totally right. Definitely. So map the content in a way that salespeople can understand.
0: So Pam, if. You consult on a broad range of topics in B2B marketing. <laughs> I was looking at your website and, and, and several of them, you know, I've, I've seen you speak on them. So I know, you know, these things I, I've read your books and I've, I've been to your sessions and I appreciate that you have such a, you know, broad range of expertise, yes, so sweet.
1: thank you.
0: yeah, so all those things you've been talking about, and I know you've been speaking with lots of companies, um, what is the hottest topic right now with B2B organizations regarding their marketing?
2: I think during the pandemic, um, there is a a shift and, uh, you know, it's, it's going to sound old, but it's, it's, it is not. And for a lot marketers during this pandemic, I think, uh, there is a key takeaway or there is probably a Nirvana moment, if you will, is, uh, It forced a lot of companies to look at their internal process, especially even on the marketing side or marketing and sales side or even sales side. They have come to realize, especially in the bigger corporation, that people work in silo Mm -hmm. and uh, that because you work in silo, when things happen like pandemic, when you have to move fast. Like, oh, content needs to be replaced. Oh my God, the, the 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 safety procedures that our customer need to know, we need to put it on our website. Or oh, where should I put it? Or you know, or what can we say? What is the approval process? We need to get that content, that piece of content approved in less than say 48 hours. Mm-hmm. So what marketer sales and I think many organizations or many department have to come to realize is their process. During the emergency or during the time was not fast enough for, for them to, to 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 accommodate the pace of change the changes, if you will. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I think the hardest topic right now, there are a couple. Number one is people, if the, the the management starts looking into their internal process, it's kind of like a self-reflection. They were like, oh my God, there's a lot of silo. <laughs> there's a lot of the process has been mm-hmm. broken. And uh, what can we do to fix it if something happened, something like this happened again? So they are looking internally. And um, the another thing is the, what I have noticed is um, sales are looking for marketing's help. And the marketing is looking for how they can quantify their contribution in terms of the overall sales revenue. So Lee, you mentioned about this in the past and you responded to one of my uh, LinkedIn posts. Mm-hmm. In terms of that, um, uh, the marketers, uh, if you want to show the contrib- contribution, it needs whatever we do needs to tie with the sales revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree, and but sometimes the top of the funnel, like the broader awareness mm-hmm. building, cannot be done to do that to make it happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I do agree, a certain portion of a marketing budget needs to show that it has impact to a sales revenue. Mm-hmm. And a lot of marketing, especially on the B2B side, they are looking in terms of, OK, how can I quantify my contribution to a sales? Some companies are doing incredibly well with that. They have their uh, MQL is tied with SQL. It's actually they can track it, how that goes, you know, from the marketing automation to a CIM. That's perfect. But not many organizations are doing that. And, main, and at this time, a lot of the time they are looking, how can they tie that together to further quant- and further showcase marketing's contribution to sales? That also put marketer on the spot.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: That means you have to perform.
0: You know, that's, that's where my mission to tie sales and marketing together started. When I was a marketer who reported to a CEO. And he only, and he was a salesperson. That's how he got his position. And yeah. so none of this marketing speak meant anything to him. And
2: do them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you you know? have to play it really in the dollar sense. Cent, dollar uh, exactly,
0: dollar. exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, whether it was realistic or not, I was at a, in a boot camp of having to make sure every marketing, every marketing effort made sense. And in that I learned that, you know, truly enough, everything can't be measured but you have to have something to measure to okay. show the sales. I totally
2: agree. Yeah. yeah. In general, you and I are on the same page on that. I'm saying that if you actually have half million dollars of marketing budget, right, there is ha- there is probably 30%, 40% of it you have to focus on the, pr- uh, the branding and also the broader. And that is very really hard to track. I understand yeah. all that. I got mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But a certain portion of marketing dollar needs to be allocated working with sales, and you need to quantify how that impacts your sales.
0: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I, I'm speaking. I don't know when you'll be listening to this podcast, but I'm speaking in content marketing or content tech about just that. And you know, it's it's, Very it's well. yeah, it's kind of a dangerous territory to try to tell marketers and you know to tie things into the bottom line. But you know, there is a portion that where you have to figure out how to do that. It won't be everything, but there's a portion where you have to figure out how to tie it into the bottom line. Yeah. So enough about that. I want to know more about Pam before we go. Uh, I know you have, you know, a new book. Tell me about the new book.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, um, I want to I want to understand artificial intelligence and a whole lot more. And I start doing research. Oh, by the way, I love Martech. I love marketing technology. And um, uh, in general, when I take on consulting project, it's really in the trenches and working very closely with the marketers and to either set up a process or um, or bring up the new technology and also build the end integration of the new technology with the existing. It sounds so boring, but I love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, this podcast is for marketers, so. You have the audience here. <laughs> and
2: um, um, so, because of the marketing technology plays such a huge role in the modern digital marketing, and I try to understand. I know AI is going to play a huge role uh, in the sales and the marketing side as well. So I started trying to learn artificial intelligence and also its ramification in the digital marketing world. So the more I read about it, the more I started taking notes and then start you know try to connect different dots and also the different startups are using AI to actually uh, try to look at data from a slightly different perspective or slice and dice the data from, you know, from the way that not human can comprehend.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The more I do in research, the more I feel like I need to document what I learn and uh, and then share. So I wrote a little ebook. It's really modern AI marketers. I talk about what AI is, what is AI's ramification and what the tools are out there. And so it's about 65 pages. And I was like, okay, it's a great ebook. So I call it Modern AI Marketer. So if you are interested, and would like to understand artificial intelligence and what's its impact to the overall B two B marketing landscape. That's what that book is about. Like I said, it's a little ebook. If you are interested, check out. Um, it's uh, on sale on Amazon. Not very expensive. I think it's like four ninety nine. So
0: okay. I mean, I look forward to checking it out. Uh, since I have the book here, I'm going to show you the other book, the previous book, the one that I got from you a while back. So get this one and get her new book. Say, say the name again.
2: The modern AI marketer.
0: The modern AI Marketer. And where can we find you, Pam, and, and connect with you?
2: Oh, anywhere. I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> 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 but any other social media channel from, you know, Pinterest, Instagram, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, and uh, even Facebook. And I have a Facebook uh, community. It's called Build Your Marketing Skills to Get Ahead. If you are interested, feel free to join. And I answer all the marketing questions myself in that specific community.
0: And your website is?
2: www.pamdinner.com. You can just basically type Pam Dittner and uh, my website should pop up.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, Pam, thanks again for joining me. I really appreciate you sharing your expertise and I hope to speak with you again soon.
2: Yeah, well, lovely to see you actually in the content marketing world this year in September.
0: Definitely, I will see you in person. So thanks to the listeners. If you're listening to the podcast and want to also see Pam and I video of this podcast and others are also available in the podcast section on contentmaster.com See you next time.
2: Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the business of marketing podcast. A show brought to you by ContentMonster.com, the producer of B2B digital marketing content. Show notes can be found on ContentMonster.com as well as ALEEJUDGE.com. To continue the conversation, be sure to follow the podcast on your favorite podcast platform.